The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. There's one thing that after all the years of what we're doing with Radio Wave and our writings and what we put out and published and sent out many letters, that's elusive in regards to me being able to understand it. That we have still not learned what Sun Tzu, the Chinese warrior, taught over 2,000 years ago. That if you don't know your enemy, you don't know yourself, you lose every battle. If you do not know yourself, but you know your enemy, you lose every other battle. And thirdly, he said, if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you win every battle. For the life of me, I cannot understand how we still do not understand what is against us. In Luke, it talks about the signs of the times. Our Lady has mentioned that several times. It says, Luke 12, 
verse 54, it says, he said to the crowds, speaking of Jesus, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that rain is coming, and so it does. When the wind blows from the south, you say it's going to be hot, and so it is. You hypocrites, if you can interpret the potence of the earth and the sky, why can you not interpret the present times? I don't understand how come we still do not know our enemy and we don't even know ourselves. Everybody's talking about we got to come together. We got to be united. That's put forth by the enemy so that we stay amalgamated with them and with evil and darkness in their ways that we don't separate because that's not good to be separated. We shouldn't be separated. We got to be one. We got to work together. No, we don't because the system out there that's established is working for evil. And when you work with it, you're working for evil itself. And you don't even know it because you don't know the enemy's plans. The specific thing I'm speaking and addressing is the word game, verbiage. I've been saying this at least for 10 years. I wrote about it, and look what happened while you're sleeping. That the, the way the things change is the verbiage, and we accept it. I was reading a little story this morning, which was got me on this high horse, about Steve Bannon, who's Breitbart, who stopped and dropped out of administration of Trump for the purpose of going more to help the administration from the outside. And 60 Minutes was interviewing him, and they were just bragging about themselves. We're going to do this, and we're going to talk to all the Breitbart people that nobody's ever done. See, these news media people need the ones they're interviewing to lift themselves up. And then they praise about 60 Minutes has this exclusive. Because the media people are nobodies. They're slanderers. They're liars. And so I'm not saying this point for what I'm telling you now. I'm saying it for this because of what I read. It says, see, Bannon offered a full defense of the president and his economic nationalist agenda. What's wrong with this sentence? What part of it is that you have not understood your enemy except its words? The greatest battle we face is not in the streets. It's not with guns. It's not protesters. It's not people trying to do things behind our back, or rob our criminals. It's verbiage. We are a patriotic people. I had a Russian professor at my house one time from Russia, straight from Russia to here. And she spoke so endearingly under communism. It was still communist there in Russia. So endearingly about Russia. She says, our motherland. And every people should be patriotic because it's a virtue. It's Christian to do so. And everywhere we look, they've changed this. And that's our reading today to help you look at this again. And you have to start acting on it. They do it every day in the universities. The National Education Association has adopted these verbiages. That's where everything changes in mentality and you accept it. And you're not fighting it. 
The majority of people aren't fighting it. The people on conservative sides, the Christians in the middle, they don't fight this. But you better believe the universities do. They dock your test if you don't use the right verbiage. If you use patriotism, you get docked. If you use nationalism, you get a higher grade. This comes from a friend of Medjugorje's book, Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, that he wrote in 2007. Back in 1949, when the United Nations Education, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, or UNESCO, met for their first major project, they created a series of training sessions that they entitled Toward World Understanding. The contents would teach teachers how and what to teach concerning the UN's objectives towards conditioning world-mindedness. In training session five, the following was the advice given to teachers. It is sufficient to note that it is most frequently in the family that the children are infected with nationalism. This may be more ridiculous than dangerous, but it must, nonetheless, be regarded as the complete negation of world-mindedness. We shall presently recognize in nationalism the major obstacle to the development of world-mindedness. As long as the child breathes the poisoned air of nationalism, education in world-mindedness can produce only rather precarious results. The word nationalism was obviously penned very schemingly to confuse the reader that to be patriotic and have love for one's country is the same as being for something like Hitler's Nazism or is an error equivalent to being for slavery. Therefore, nationalism must be removed from the people. They purposely, though latently, equate nationalism to patriotism and love of country, then clearly indicate that it is a sin against world-mindedness. World-mindedness is necessary to establish world-governing. Socialistic ideology is being promoted in preschool, grade school, high school, and college classrooms throughout every state in our country. As is already happening, these students your children will grow older, fill jobs, and adapt positions to world-mindedness. The word nationalism means the sense of national consciousness exalting one nation above all others and placing primary emphasis on promotion of its culture and interests as opposed to those of other nations or supranational groups. Notice the definition from a modern dictionary states the word supranational groups. This clearly refers to the ultimate supranational group, the United Nations. In turn, patriotism, as defined in Webster's 1828 dictionary, means love of one's country, the passion which aims to serve one's country, either in defending it from invasion or protecting its rights and maintaining its laws and institutions in vigor and purity. Patriotism is the characteristic of a good citizen 
the noblest passion that animates a man in the character of citizen. Nationalism was not even a word in the 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language. Its meaning as a word today had to be conceived as a negativism to usher in the new positive word, world-mindedness. Nationalism, patriotism is out and world-mindedness is in. Again, change or invent words and their meanings and then change society. Nationalism is not out. It's in right now. It goes from patriotism to nationalism. Nationalism is a bridge to world-mindedness. That's how this works. If you know your enemy, did you know that? Even when you read it, did you adopt it? Did you start fighting it? How do you fight it? When your children bring home homework or school or books, scratch out in a book where you see nationalism and put patriotism. See, Bannon defended the president and his economic nationalist agenda. Steve Bannon offered a defense of the president and his patriotic agenda. Do you see the meaning change on that? And yet, when it said of Steve Bannon offered a full defense of the president's and his economic nationalist agenda versus Steve Bannon offered a full defense of the president and his economic patriotic agenda, it's all set up. You have to fight this. I've spoken to you about this. Every book I read, if I see it says he, she, I I cut out the she. I don't black it out. I just draw a line through it. So our people here reading that knows not to go with the agenda. It's an agenda to separate agendas and then confuse agendas to where we're out on the streets doing what we're doing now with abominable life and everything. I see it clearly. I don't see why nobody else can see that. Very few people see it. You might say, yeah, okay, but you're not fighting it. Everyone in your school book starting at the school season, you should go through it and draw a line through it and tell your children, we don't say nationalist. We say patriotic. You saw what the definition was. Something virtuous, something Christian people do, something we look for a nation. And we got a right to prefer our nation before any other nations. But they have to go to the super group, which is the United Nations, to put us underneath that to accomplish this world-mindedness. So you may think this is complicated, but you can't use their verbiage. You can't say humankind instead of mankind. It's all agendaed. And people say, well, what's the big deal? I'm not going to find it's, it's a big deal for them so much that the professors will dock your test and lower the grade because you don't change their verbiage. They're smarter than you are. They use you as an idiot. And they do what the communists said, Lenin, I think, or Stalin said, you're a useful fool. They're using you to accept this. The NEA, the National Education Association, has adopted these things. They're part of the system of the establishment to change everything. Change comes from words. Just think about this. World War II, all the armaments, all the worlds in the history of the world, every battle you can think of, put them all together. All the people have been killed through that. didn't come from a weapon. It didn't come from the armaments or billions of people throughout the ages. It was a word game. The biggest change in the history of the world was in the Garden of Eden by the serpent using words. 
Did God really tell you that? Really, Eve? It's simply because he don't want you to know that when you eat this, you'll have the knowledge of good and bad. And you'll be like God. Everything is bent by the words and change. And we go along with this whole game of lies that we've got to become one people. You know what Jesus said in Luke twelve forty nine, I have come to light a fire on the earth. That's what our lady's here for. Same reason. If he came 2,000 years ago, you think she's coming here not to do the same thing? Jesus continues, how I wish the blaze were ignited. You think all these messages are full of that? To ignite your heart to things and, and see what you need to do? What do you need to do? Well, let's see what Jesus said to do 2,000 years ago about this. How I wish the blaze was ignited. I have a baptism to receive. And what anguish I feel until it's over. He knows what he's here for. And he knows what she's here for. What were they here for? Do you think I have come to establish peace on earth? I assure you, the contrary is true. I have come for division. That's not what Congress is saying. Well, we got to work together. That's not what everybody from the puppets are saying. we just got to come together. No, Our Lady is here the same reason for Jesus was 2,000 years ago. And what is it for? I have come for division. This is amazing statements. These are words out of the Bible. Is it a lie? It's certainly a contradiction of all our enemies saying to us. Let's work together because they can pull us down. They can compromise us. You know, there's not one place in the saints' lives in the Bible where it says to compromise God's ways. And that's what Jesus is talking about. No, we're going to divide. We're not going to amalgamate. We're going to separate. For what purpose? I have come for division from now on a household. And then he says something incredible. He has to give seven examples here. And actually, each example, he doubles and reverses it, making it 14 examples. He wanted you to be real clear that I am here on the earth to start a fire, a separation for a division for this purpose. That I'm stating this so clearly that you do not misunderstand. I really mean this. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two. And two against three. Father will be split against son. And son against the father. Mother against daughter. And daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Why is this? Because until we separate from darkness... Our light is covered up. And there's no way to draw people out of darkness unless we're apart from them that they see that is a better group. They're more at peace. They love each other. We're fighting each other on the dark side. We hate this. I hate the circumstances. And not all of them will leave the darkness, but some will. They'll see our light. They'll see our witness. So I've come for the division for this purpose. 
The scriptures continue, signs of the times. And Jesus said to the crowd, when you see the cloud coming and rising from the west, which I already read at the beginning, then you see it. And he's basically saying, you're a fool. Actually, he says, you're a hypocrite at the end of that. We're fools by letting these people call, every time we hear them say nationalism, it's a negative to put guilt on you that you're for your country. Because they took the same definition for patriotism and put it now in the modern dictionary underneath nationalism. But nationalism has a whole different meaning that we know in our hearts. It's totally different than patriotism. Patriotism is a virtue. Nationalism is when you want to crush another nation in a soccer game and you hate them. It's got hate with it. And so they change everything. All the verbiage is, we're fools about the whole Charlottesville thing. You, did you research this? Did you just take what they said? White nationalist. That's not who put that together. The guy who put it together said that he was an advocate for whites. In other words, he was working for white advocacy. The blacks do it. The Chinese do it. The Hispanics do it. What's the big deal? But see, when you change that, well, he's sitting there saying, you know, the white people are discriminated against everywhere they go and what they do. And you say white nationalists, oh, it's horrible. Did you ever think, why did they demand that Trump have to say those words white nationalist? Because they want to disguise the fact that those people infiltrated to give that appearance. Because Lord and behold, if white people start saying, well, we're blamed for everything. We're blamed for slavery. We're blamed for this. We're blamed for that. We're so stupid that we're idiots. And until you understand this verbiage, and I heard a clip of Trump. We're going to play it later, maybe toward October 13th, where the woman says to Trump at a press conference, but you didn't say white nationalist. And the way she says it, they have to get him to say it so they can brand what happened with something very, very bad. When the Antifa is very evil, they're wicked. They started the fight. They started the beatings. They started doing everything. If they didn't come there, that wouldn't happen. And it amazes me that still the people that we consider on our side, and even you if you go that way, that you really don't know what happened. They had a permit to march. The others didn't. And they wanted to make an issue so they could have a blow-up and cause that blow-up to be able to blame white nationalists, how bad they are, when simply they won't not take it down a statue of a man who has great virtue that was recognized by the North and the South had great virtue. That even Grant, when he met for the terms of the stopping of the Civil War, felt secondary to Robert E. Lee. And you go along with this hatred that they're putting forth to a very strong Christian man. Have you read any research on this man? And he started a university? And that he prayed for the North and the South? No, because we've got to rebrand this. And that's what this is about, rebranding everything. You don't know your enemy, and you're not going to win until you do. You're not going to win until you go to the teacher and say, I don't buy this garbage. My son and my daughter is going to be striking this out of the book. you got a problem with it. I'm the parent. I'm going to do it. Start a riot. You can go pick up books in my library. i got lines through a lot of stuff. 
I don't buy into this verbiage. I won't go their way. But you go that way, and you're doing it every day. I hear people call about the democracy, the democracy. We are not, we're a republic. I've said enough about that in the past that's there. But we're in a serious crisis, and it's a crisis of not knowing your enemy and not even know yourself. We're not even in the middle. It's rising up right now. Things are starting to happen. We're finally seeing it, but we're still not smart because now we're beginning to know ourselves. We're beginning to feel our feathers. We're feeling the strength, but we still don't know our enemy. And we say, they think this way. We don't understand why they think that way. They're evil. They want destruction. And it's destruction through verbiage. Everything starts with that because it started in the Garden of Eden. Until you get this in your head and you quit participating and you say, don't say that in front of me. Don't call me nationalist. Don't call my kills nationalist. You call it patriotism. Don't give up that word. When you say patriotism, just like reading the sentence about Bannon, you got a complete different meaning. Defending the president and his economic nationalist agenda. Defending the president and his economic patriotic agenda. Don't that feel different to you? It is different. That's why it feels different. Start demanding any of your kids do homework, that they do their homework, and they put these verbiage back in there. That's why we push the 1928 Webster's Dictionary so that you'll have that. And in doing so, you can start fighting. The word game is the top battle of what we're doing. It's not weapons. So this whole thing about unity is a lie. The devil wants us to stay close together with darkness when we're supposed to get away from it. And the garbage is saying, well, my, I want to send my child to a public school because he's got good examples and, and good virtues. No, you don't want to do that. Take them out. Pull them out. Homeschool. Don't go to universities. I'm telling you, you're dangerously putting your kids so in risk of hell. Send them to university. And I, I say that 100% and I back it up. And I can give you examples, time of which we don't have to go into now. You're better off never going to college. It is idiotic to send your kids there now. It's a wrong thing to do. You're handing them over to the devil. Don't do it. Separate from the system. Be a divider. Because what I've put forth through this is unity through division. You begin to unite, and that's what it's about, pulling people out to come to her. And then we're all one. We're seeing things. The problem with those ones that's underneath all these mantles, they still have not yet understood themselves or the enemies. This broadcast, when it ends, we got a new feature going on our site. It's following immediately after this broadcast. And it's something we worked for a year and a half on for transcripts to follow our radio programs. In other words, you'll have a new player that's very distinct and be able to stop, go back, listen. It's a lot of time involved with it. It's excellent. You're going to love this. It's going to make the radio shows very utilized. Like if anything we said and you want to go back one sentence, you can break it down that easy and just replay it. But not only that, it's going to have a transcript. We already have 2017 transcripts back to January. 
that you'll be able to read, especially people who know English in Europe and other places in the world, but they don't understand it completely. They'll be able to follow the words with transcripts and even in their own language. And it would be yelled out like in a book of what's being said at the moment following the conversation in the text. So this is something that's going to be a huge, huge thing for the programming. We've got another big, big, big release tomorrow, and you should tune in for that. And that will be completing our 12th release with many sub-features underneath it. So I end with you that you have to battle. It is nothing more than a pen in your book, in your child's homework, or your workplace. You fight this stuff. The battle begins and ends there. Everything else is between. Know yourself and know your enemy, and you'll win every battle. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.